And then you looked at the calendar and Jesus, Jesus was coming the next day. Jesus is coming on Wednesday. Um, it's usually between 11 and one sometime. Um, but we, we know we the hour people. We know the hour. We don't, we don't because he never follows. The we hour. know that like, we know the two hour window. We know that, you know, Jesus is the cable guy. We got a window. Yeah. I guess we know the time, but not the hour. So anyway, whatever. But <sighs> wow. Wow. So there are other ways, there are, there are other physical ways to see the face of God and, and feel this transcendence, but I think that's for an R-rated show that they're not having this right mm. now. Welcome to episode 254 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, will address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in your very own Pop Theology Live pint glass, which you can get when you become a patron. Whether you're a longtime listener or new to the show, you can get even more content, more discussions. Again, basically see our whole lives and friendship played out in real time. You can do that when you sign up at patreon.com slash ptlive. And as always, we thank our current patrons. Today, we'll be discussing transcendence, spiritual practices, forgiveness, and getting charged up at church. I don't know what that means, but I felt the need to like have more energy when I said it. Yeah, you leaned into that. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are we drinking, fellas? Um, Ogan, let's start with you. What are you I'm drinking? Oh, after last week's uh, 16%, <laughs> I'm dialing it back. I, I mean, fairly, I think there's only down from there if it's beer. <laughs> seriously, uh, fairly average, uh, 5.5%. Uh, this is a local Moroccan uh, flag. Uh, brewery uh, especial black i don't know what that means but we're gonna find out nice there's a joke there <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm sure there is <laughs> i'm gonna refrain but i know that there's a few coming to mind um <laughs> brian what are you drinking are you tell me you're not drinking a 2015 expiration date beer this beer was brewed this year <laughs> all right <laughs> Welcome. We are, welcome. We are in the clear. This is. A I think we need to give the name and what kind, and then the date of expiration. Yeah. Now, every time we drink a beer. Exactly. So this is a farmhand, farmhouse ale by brewery brewery Vivant in Grand Rapids, five and a half percent by volume, and it uh, was brewed January twenty of this year. It is a brewed in the tradition of Wallonian. Saison ales. What now? I don't know what Wallonian is. Wallonian. Well, that's something to look up. If anybody knows on Facebook, let us know, please. We probably don't care, but just let us know because, you know, why not? So it's spring technically and it's it's 60 degrees and sunny out. So I'm going to take it. It's spring. So I'm drinking my spring beer, which is um, Union Brewing's Mountain Girl um, Hefeweizen. 
and they changed they changed the label this year. It was that beautiful banjo with those wildflowers in the mountains. And I loved it. Yeah, what is going it on was? there? And yeah, wasn't it this yellow? is like, it was yellow and bright and whatever. And this is like blue wallpaper with flowers on it. Um, so I'm a little disappointed. There is a little banjo with music because this is the official beer of the Bluegrass, the Charm City Bluegrass Festival sponsored yeah. by Union Brewing. Um, so they brew that special for the festival, which is why it's spring. But yeah, I'm, Union Brewing, I love that banjo and the mountain wildflowers. Like, bring it back. So. Bring back the yellow. Bring back okay, the yellow. Yeah. This, uh, this reminds me of a, a Modelo Negra. You, you guys ever had that one? Well, that's why I thought, like, I yeah. actually, when you said the especial, it's like, mm, this that sounds is... like Mexican beers. By the way, this was canned on February 13th, 2023. Officially. Huh. Well done. <laughs> Mine expires June this year. So I got some time. You got some time. (laughs) But you're on the clock. (laughs) Yeah, there's that. Yeah, mine doesn't say a drink by. It just says when it was canned. (laughs) Right. I think it's a year, right? You got a year? Isn't that kind of? I think so. It's not eight years. We know that now. No, we know it's. I was going to say, we're not asking you, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I miss that. This is one of my favorites. It really is. On to today's topics. All right, we are going to start out with two truths and a lie. You may have to think on your feet. Share three things about yourself, two of which are true. Would have helped if I'd read the script before this moment. I know. <laughs> so I'll start while you guys think of, of okay. falsehoods about yourselves. I have to write them down. All right. So I have lived in Alaska and New Jersey, and was valedictorian of my high school class. Uh, Valedictorian sounds true for you. I don't know why, but I don't see you living in New Jersey. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything. That took a second. I was waiting. I was was, was waiting. That took a second. Uh, I was going to say New Jersey is the lie. I'm going to go with New Jersey. I was going to go with New Jersey because it seems like the obvious one. Good guesses, but I was not valedictorian, and I did live in Ocean City, New Jersey, consecutive summers of 1995 and 96. I feel like if you resist there for the summer, it doesn't count as you live there. I was going to say, is that living in? But okay. if, it, okay. if it totals like six-ish months, I'll count it. All right. I had a job. I mean, you know, summer job. So I don't all right, know. all right. Okay, well, we'll let you get past So that. I was not valedictorian. I was somewhere in the top 10, but did not finish at the top. I didn't know about Alaska, though, either. Yeah, yeah. where were you in Alaska? Lived in Alaska for, like, you Was know. it lower, upper Alaska? <laughs> it was, <laughs> I lived in Anchorage, lower, lower Alaska. Um, lived in Anchorage, could see Wasilla from my house, and... Uh, yeah. It was pre-K, kindergarten, and first grade when I lived in Alaska. Oh, you, you don't even remember that. I I have some memories. I got a good friend who lives in Anchorage who's always telling me to come visit. Oh, it's great. And I feel like I'm never going to go during winter. Mm-hmm. And summer, summer, I assume. What is summer in Alaska like? Is I it, think it's I beautiful. I summer think it's- is gorgeous. Like absolutely like wildflowers and blooms yes. and uh, I think it's stunning. Clear it's stunning water. And you can find snow. So it's got everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, go in like August, like for real. Get out of this. And I might, I might have to, might have to do that. Yeah, we took the kids like a few summers back, and it was great. We went in July. Okay. All right. So, have you guys thought of three things? One of which is not true. All right. What do you got, Shannon? You got yours yet? I need one more. All right. All right. All right. Ogan. All right. Um, I visited at least eight countries in Europe, or I shared a stage with a jazz piano great Chick Korea, or I once flew. Wait, I got to do the math. Hold on. <laughs> So it's not or this one. I yeah, I was gonna say you can see the <laughs> lie. Because it wouldn't be so in. accurate on the lie. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be true. I just didn't do the math in time. I didn't do the math in time. I flew nonstop without sleeping for like three days. It was just shy of three days. Wow. Like with your arms or what? Exactly. exactly. I flapped, I flapped the whole way. <laughs> yeah. Now I had a, had a, had a go places and there was all these weird long connecting flights and I didn't, there was no sleeping and just like, by the time I finished it all up, it was like over two days. Of, it was a long time. It was a long time. There were two days. So. Okay. So that one actually feels true, Shannon. So I think we're going to. Yeah. I think that one's true. That feels very true. So the, we got the eight countries in Europe or the shared a stage with jazz great the name was Chick Korea. Korea I'm going with New York or Europe I'm going with the eight countries I, I think that that's that not numbers, true you're saying I think that's not true what do you think Brian then I'll go the other way and I'll say you did not share the stage with jazz great fill in the blank Chick, Chick Korea Chick okay. Korea both those things are true you were right to trust your first instinct about the last one. Oh, but you started embellishing it and like, and then I did like, wow. Well Method done. Method to the madness. Method to the madness. There you go. There yes, you go. Yes, you yes, nailed yes. Did they never, did they not, did they not tell you guys my Chick Korea story? That might be a post-show thing, but Yeah, let's, yes. still, let's hear it in the post-show. Post I, 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 I played piano with Chick Korea once. That's nice. awesome. Not when you hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh teaser so All you really right. fell on your face huh right. <laughs> anyway <laughs> um okay so my last semester of college i spent the semester abroad in portugal um i had a i had uh well i when i was eight my sister stabbed me with a pair of scissors in the heart and my dog sitter couple years ago killed my dog wow all right i believe wow. your sister stabbing you is true yeah and i think the dog sitter one is true i think that you did not spend your last semester in portugal that's what i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with the dog sitter is not true killing your dog so I did not spend my last semester in Portugal. I was supposed to. Yeah, good one, Brian. And then the program got cut at the last minute. Okay. So I actually was like done except for, because I finished all my classes and was ready to go abroad and just get a, like what, like, you know, a couple of, couple of credits, yeah. you know, 
And so I had to stay in Louisville and just take a couple of like dumb classes. You know, I was so disappointed. That is a big bummer. And it got canceled and not in time for me to go somewhere else. So like for me to apply to go somewhere else. Not as big a bummer as your dog getting killed by so, just right. want to say I should say it he and I both always use this in uh, in two truths and a lie like mm-hmm. <laughs> because so my friend Barnabas was dog sitting and our dog Lola died and so we like to say that Barnabas killed Lola uh, now it's mostly true but but a killed little is bit. a killed yeah. is a, a hard you know but it's it's yeah. weird to say like my dog, you know, like you kind of know if you say like my dog died while somebody was house sitting it, you know, like that's not as good as like Barnabas killed my dog, you know. Also <laughs> not as true. That's that's also not as true. I think we should. Well, just but like that's that. how he tells it. He he like so if Ogan you met, gets a half be like, There you go. If, I get a half. If you met him, Barnabas would be like, I killed Shannon's dog. And I'd be like, Yeah, yeah, he did. Did he do did he do anything remotely to contribute to the dog? How passing? do I know? I wasn't home. <laughs> right. Was it negligence or like active? Yeah. It was before like ring technology. Maybe he wasn't even here. Okay. Wow. The story's growing, I think, as we tell it. He was here because he texted me like, uh, by the way, it was on Derek's birthday as well. That's a fun note. (laughs) And son of a. I was in Texas. We were in Texas. I was getting trained. You know, wasn't it just last week you invited me to come dog sit in? I don't know I want to do that anymore now. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, no, we don't like, we don't, Lola was the perfect dog. We don't like this dog. You can come and dog sit. (laughs) (laughs) Literally yesterday, she did something yesterday and Derek was like, can we just get rid of her? Can, like, can this just be over? Wow. Okay. All right. We're we're over her. There you go. Well, you know, slip me a few extra bucks. I might forget to close the gate while she's out. I mean, I'll make your problems go away. Oh no, the neighbors just bring her back. She's oh. she's run away and she's chipped. Oh okay. Oh, yeah, I have to well. actually get rid of her. Mm. <laughs> Nothing a little tin foil won't deflect. It's wrapped. The in dog tinfoil. is chipped so that it can participate in the Google Calendar. <laughs> she's sorry. On that it. was a pre- that was a pre-show reference. It was. She's on it. She's on the calendar. She's getting her hair groomed. There you go. Whatnot. Oh my goodness. There you go. Well, if you anyway. want to know more about Shannon's scheduled juggling, become a Patreon member. <laughs> Seriously. Right. All right. Moving on from from lies to truth, perhaps. Share an experience you've had that evoked a sense of mystery or transcendence, wonder or awe. And did you? Perceive this experience to sort of go beyond the five senses. Was there a spiritual or intuitive sense? Um, and what was that like? What did you feel like? Would you notice? Uh, what do you take away from that? Just the just the other day, um, I was chatting with a friend, and they're they're going through a rough time right now. And she was like, "When will this get better?" And me trying to be funny, I was like, "September thirteenth, twenty twenty four." Right. Like, I just, and she goes, well, actually that date is two years to the date from when blah, blah, blah. And she fills in the blank. I won't say what it is for, <laughs> for confidentiality reasons, but she's like, and she fills in the blank. I was like, oh shit. Like I had no idea. And or maybe on some level I did. I, you know, well, it was, I, I'm learning to not be surprised by this anymore. Right. Like I, I truly believe, and you know, 
quantum science is proving this more and more, there is a connectivity to us all. Um, and especially people we've met and that we've had a deep connection to, there's something about that connectivity that that remains and transcends time and space. And, and if we are open to tuning into that, then stuff like this becomes less and less surprising. And as I've learned over the years to trust that more and more, no, I don't get goosebumps. What again said is a sense of regret that I can't make it work at will. Like, I can't, like you right. know what I'm saying? That I, that's that's what I would really love to happen. I actually I really get mad want when intentional when, ESP going on. Yeah, I get mad when that happens. I'm like, damn it, God, you're not supposed to work this way because you're making all the crazy people say that you work this way. Exactly. And like, <laughs> you're not I, like, I, exactly. Can I can I get some ESP on some lottery numbers <laughs> or something? Like, right? You know, that's well, you what I get really the like. ESP plus subscription the, uh, plus, 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 the plus 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 uh but but yeah um and and the the other experiences i've had and i think i've talked about this on the show before um a couple of years uh, within a year or two after jennifer dying just having these experiences of her presence and mm-hmm. not just feeling it but in in one or two cases like actually a visual experience of her and you know was she really there or was that just just the intensity of the emotion of the loss and me conjuring up the image of her in my mind because you know we don't we see in the brain we don't see what's outside (laughs) the Mm -hmm. brain makes you know so is is the brain superimposing something that i and someone that i truly dearly wished was there in front of me in some way so there's no right answer there's no wrong answer what is my what's my uh my gut tells me the both hand my gut I was gonna tells, say, my gut tells does it me matter? that you know. right it doesn't matter there's no wrong or right answer here right. um and and that the experiences i'm having either way is is because of the depth of love that we shared and that's all there is to it so i'm i'm, I'm content with that i don't need to have a rational uh explanation i don't need to have a supernatural i only have a religious a spiritual explanation i you know the that's the meaning i give to it and and that's okay with me again if i could conjure this stuff up at will it would be awesome you know we we, we have those people who channel folks from the dead and i am i ain't gonna lie to you mostly skeptical of them um as as well but I also know that there is much to this experience we call life and beyond that we don't know and don't understand. And that there are some people who are very much in tuned to, to other parts of the universe than the average person, maybe, or whatever. Yeah, so I think yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm good with that. I'm good with a mystery. Yeah. Shannon. So the last time this happened, well, the last time, like kind of that major moment, um, I I mean, so I was in, we were in Greece and, and my mic went out. Um, Hold on. No, we still hear you. You still hear me? Okay. Then my headphones are going out. Um, So (laughs) excellent. Um, so we were in Greece and it was the first time we got to the islands and, um, we went to this beach 
and I got into the water. I mean, the, you know, right. The bluest blue water ever. And, um, we got into the water and, and Derek was actually having this moment of like, he's in the AGNC and his mind is like being blown, you know, that he's kind of in this part of the world that he's always thought about and dreamed. And that happened in Athens for him too. And I just had that overwhelming like peace and calm about, mm. um, I mean, it was like, it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And so just that awe and that where like, you just feel connected to every single thing around you. Like, you know, your, your senses are, uh, you just moved beyond yourself. Um, and so that, that was kind of the last time that has happened. Um, but I will say, you know, Ogan, like what you were describing, you know, for years, for probably 25 years, I've leaned into this, this person's come up in my head, you know, like random person, you know, and then I think about them again, or somebody else mentions them or, you know, and, and I just learned, I remember being in my car and it was like the third time somebody had come up and I was like, okay, listen, three times, right? Like <laughs> we're going to lean into this Trinity thing. Like one time it can be a fluke, two times it can be a coincidence. But if you, if this happens three times, you reach out to them, you call them, you, you know, you do something about it. And I've really lived by that. I really don't do three times anymore. If it's twice now, like sometimes it's just once. Mm. And that's the nice thing about texting. Like, Hey, just thought of you. Hope you're okay. How's everything going? And like, whether it's nonsense or not, I don't care. Like I'll connect with people anytime I have an excuse to. So, um, I've just leaned into kind of stuff like that. But for me, a lot of this comes in nature. Like, I mean, I felt that human connection as well, but I, if I'm going to really feel this transcendence, it's, it's going to be in nature somehow. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, same for me. And it seems there are moments either on the cusp of something like important in life happening or just after, and I'm in nature where I get this sense of connection of uh sometimes just deep peace that is beyond the normal experience in every day um and it's hard to it's not something you can conjure up it's not something you can quantify it just is something that you have a deep sense of and there may be a signal or maybe not you just sense it in your spirit that i that it's all going to be okay or that i'm connected to something much bigger than i've realized and and those are important i think as part of the human experience or or is that just how we always are and supposed to be but we never are because of all our contemporary distractions, occupations, stuff like that, uh, making a pre-show reference back to Shannon and her chock full calendar. Like well, if we didn't, if we didn't, if we didn't have a chock full calendar and we, yeah. you know, didn't have to do all the things we have to do, if some people didn't have three jobs to do just to make a living, and right. they could just enjoy stillness, 
might this not be what is the original human experience? Hmm. For sure. I mean, I, I thought that too, like, cause sometimes it's just pulling into my driveway after the end of the day and looking up and the moon is full and beautiful and the clouds are in just the right space. And you're just kind of, you take that moment to be like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This is what's happening. You know, I, I don't know. I, or, I, or is it, or is it like, oh my God, my day's finally done. Well, there's a little bit of that. I will say this, that um, in the height of my, before I got my cortisone shot in my shoulder, my I was in a lot of pain and I got a, a very, very deep tissue massage by a man named Matt and I mm. saw the face of God. So yes. there is also a way to do this <laughs> yes. in, in a physical way. <laughs> um, I won't tell you about the other time. And then you looked at the calendar and Jesus... Jesus was coming the next day. Jesus and... is coming on Wednesday. Um, it's usually between 11 and one sometime. Um, but we, we know we the hour people. We know the hour. We don't, we don't because he never follows. The we hour. know that like, we know the two hour window. We know that, you know, Jesus is the cable guy. We got a window. Yeah. I guess we know the time, but not the hour. So anyway, whatever. But <sighs> wow. Wow. So there are other ways there are, there are other physical ways to see the face of God and, and to feel this transcendence. But I think that's for an R-rated show that we're not having this. Right now. Not necessarily. Mush, mushrooms will get you there. That's oh, not, well. not afraid about mushrooms. I haven't actually done mushrooms. That scares and me. Weed. Weed will get you there a little bit. Weed puts me to sleep, which I'm fine. Yeah. With. I like sleep. <laughs> that, well, I was going to say you might need a different brand of weed. A different Maybe, strain of weed. I really like to go to sleep. <laughs> no, that's like, that's good too. It is it is there for it is there for reason. But I've had this sitting. experience through dreams. Like I've had really powerful dreams, and I've woken up and mm. felt that kind of. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had dreams where I felt other things too, but like you know, where I like something woke you up in such a panic that you couldn't shake it for the rest of the day, kind of thing. Yeah. But but I've had dreams where I woke up that I just felt such a peace about it, and mm. you know, wonderful. So I, but so Ogan, to your point, I think some of that is really, yeah, getting out of your head, getting out of your to do, um, you know, and, and taking a breath. Mm. Yeah. So in light of that, you know, our next question says, what is a personal practice that you engage in periodically, or perhaps aspire to engage in that does help you sort of spiritually connect and does something like the annual cycle of Lent, for example, and there are other examples in, in Christianity and certainly in other religious traditions, but there's sort of an annual rhythm that might invite us into such practices. So I um, ideally would do like a two-day silent retreat once a quarter or every other, you know, or twice a year. Um, I, it, I need to stop the lists, right. I need to stop thinking. I need to just stop, but I, I'm, I won't like, I'm so terrible at it that I, I struggle to even like set aside the time for myself, for myself to, because it's not easy to do that. that It's not not easy A to block it out on the calendar and then B to actually do that. Yeah. And like jokes about my calendar aside, like it is really hard to find a day. Like there's a play, there's a retreat center that will do a six hour one every month. And I've put it on the calendar months out to like, okay, you're going to go to this place 
and like inevitably something takes it over and, Other and yes take priority i know like i need i need to be my own priority like i get that i totally understand but i also so what works kind of best for me is is at least once a year i need to go away where everything is taken care of and i like my only thing is to just be like so if that means that i go like derek and i go to a all-inclusive resort in Mexico. So I'm not thinking about what's going on for dinner or what's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's what it is. If we go to a cabin in the woods in West Virginia and, you know, the lists and the shopping is done ahead of time and, you know, whatever, right? Like I just, that that's what it's ended up being right now is a week mm -hmm. away without responsibility. Yeah. And that's okay, right? It doesn't have to look like, you know, any one thing. No, I just want to do that four times a year, not once. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. What about you, um, Ryan? What do you do? Or yeah. yeah, I mean, I, you know, I just got back from what's kind of a fun guys weekend, but also it's sort of like friends that get a chance to be away from life and sort of have some good reflection together that's very nourishing um and needed and to me that is very valuable and I do whatever I can to make sure that I can make it happen every year because it's because it is so um it's a way it's a different context yes we have some fun we enjoy some beverages we cook but also there's just some good bonding good conversation good bearing of the soul in a way that maybe you don't in you know your regular day-to-day -day life um and so that you know is something that's really important um yeah and then like you i i aspire to do more of the sort of semi-regular retreat type thing um and execution is not great <laughs> yeah it's funny that the like introvert goes away with other people and the extrovert wants to be alone <laughs> well that nah, she kind of makes sense it does when you think about it when you think about it um i don't know I, how to go away with other people and not take care of them i don't like i literally uh, don't know yeah. how to do that which exactly. is why i can't do it with other people the exactly. one of the friends remembered a conversation from a few years ago and he's and he brought it up he's like brian one of your gifts is not helping is it <laughs> Did you say that to Christy? I'd love to hear her response. <laughs> <laughs> she would say can confirm. <laughs> I when My, I when I wasn't as healthy and I would get resentful pretty easily, I'd be like, it must be nice to just sit there until somebody says dinner's ready. You know. Uh, <laughs> hey, we did we sign up for meals at a time. I cooked two meals. I did my okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um I I brought I've gotten this down I've, done, I've been doing this for a little while for my daily practice is like every few hours just stop for five to ten minutes like literally just stop close my eyes and breathe uh, it's not even an intentional meditation something it's right. just we'll stop and we'll breathe um, and that has been so helpful and. You know, there've been studies that show like you do that a few times a day. It's it's, it's the same effect as if you sat down for an hour and meditated. Yeah. Um, and and it's easy to find a five minutes here, a five minutes there, um, 
And what I've also been doing or started doing this year, no, last year, is um, since my Sunday mornings have been reclaimed because I no longer am in church, um, what I what I did when I was in Barbados was Sunday morning was I go to the beach by myself. Mm, it's see, Sunday morning. It's it's no the you know there's a couple of beaches that are much less occupied than others in Barbados, and I would go there and I would mostly turn the phone off and um, read, swim, just lay there for about hour hour and a half. And that was my gift to myself. And my my intention after I've left is to continue doing that, to hold that Sunday morning space as mm-hmm. I used to work in this time slot. Mm-hmm. And now that I've left that time slot, really nobody has any expectations of me. So I will keep that time slot for myself. Um, so, so yeah. Um, reclaiming reclaiming my Sunday has been has been pretty pretty powerful, um, and I like I, I like that. But the daily just daily chunks of time where I just stop is I think perhaps because I used to want to have to meditate for a chunk of time. I can never find the chunk of time, and then like you know yeah, let's go on a retreat, and the retreat thing never materialized, and I used to get frustrated. But that whole like just pause for a few multiple times a day um works um yeah and i was told this is not going to be an r-rated show so i want to tell you about some of the other practices that i have um engaged in the last couple years but but i've i've written about them and so if you want to read my blog go to revvoganholzer.com and click on click on the blog click on the blog link um not not in great detail but um um can i can i say, uh, save that for the post show too all right there you all go. right keep it keep it pg keep, keep it, it pg here family friendly keep it family they, friendly yeah but they've also been practices that also have been good in in deconstructing a mm-hmm. lot of my beliefs mm-hmm. that i thought i had gotten rid of when i left like you know fundamental slash evangelical christianity but realized the programming was still deep and a lot of it yeah. was also cultural programming, uh, you know, in relation to sex. So, so to engage in practices that really challenge that in many ways has been really like, ch- not challenging, but it, it, it makes me realize how deep the programming goes and how much of yeah. it I, I, I still held on to, even though on the surface, I thought I'd, moved on past a lot of things but but yeah even even now some of the when i when i get in some spaces then i realize oh wait i still have some hang-ups about this i still have some deep wired beliefs about this being wrong or this shouldn't be happening and then i'm like but wait but why do i still have that because it's not wrong and it should be happening mm. um because everybody here is consenting adults, so it should be happening. And it's fascinating how how deep yeah. it goes. Mm. Um, so it's so, interesting because yeah. I, you know, Sunday morning or or church, whenever it happens, should be a time to slow down, right? And um, 
It not was if you're such a, a busy not if you're the time. pastor. <laughs> well, that's what I said. Like it was such a busy time, or is such a busy time for a pastor that like I don't know. I and I'm still struggling with the benefit of and yet you know, there were moments where there's nothing to do, but just sit there and wait in the midst of that chaos. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like that practice of like sitting here for five minutes, well, that's what you do during the offertory, right? That's what you do during the anthem. Like that's, you just have to sit there and wait and like listen to music. And so it's, it's, that yeah, is, but your brain, your brain's still like going. For you, sure, you, there's no, there's no turning off when you're there. And yet, you know what it taught me though that I'm trying to do now is that five minutes in the midst of chaos, even if your brain is active, you can still just sit there and breathe, right? Yes, yes. And you can still just like it. You don't have to be in this perfect, you know, corner with the candles lit and the you know, whatever, like absolute chaos can be going on around absolute chaos can be going on in my brain. And if I still just sit here for five minutes, it'll be beneficial. Um, That's how, that's the interpretation I give around uh, Jesus calm in the, calm in the storms at sea. You know, I say to people, the the real miracle isn't that he calmed the storm. The real miracle is that dude was asleep Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the first place when all the chaos was unfolding around him there's a storm there's disciples freaking the hell out uh you know because this boat's going under like everything's happening and he is asleep why is that because we we bring the peace with us and we can and and we can settle in that peace regardless of the chaos around us and then what happens when we become aware of the chaos around us is that we can still maintain ourselves as that presence of peace and as a result we see the chaos differently it's no longer chaos it's it's opportunities for us to to show up as the peace to imprint our sense and presence of peace onto the chaos which which is what i you know we want to take it into a little place that's what that's what jesus did uh to calm the storm so so yeah we, we we can calm the storms simply by being centered and peaceful in the chaos and then remain in that way as we step into all what's going on around us. Well, and that takes practice. Hell of practice. Calm, and then it, you have to practice that in the anxiety, right? In yes. the chaos, in the, like you have to, you can't just practice it in calm. No. You have to take, you know, many, like your kid pissed you off and you're blah, blah, blah. Like you've got to practice the calm. Yeah. You're sitting in a meeting and people are driving you crazy. You've got to practice the calm. Like you've just got to keep practicing that. And I'm still like, I will always be practicing that because I can explode so easily, you know? So I'm just, well, well, that's my what personality. It, that's all it is. There, you never get there. You just always have opportunities. You just always keep practicing. For practice. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. One of the things that I try to, tune into is you know we have cats for pets not dogs and when a cat will come and sit on my lap and did barnabas come to your house too and purr and you know it just it's just content you know what i mean like a cat can just it's just purring someone's scratching it behind the ears and this creature exists for naps for petting and for a little play and and just trying to like take down take my you know anxiety about the importance of things i'm doing and just realize you know what life isn't that 
like just take it down a few notches and just look for those moments where you can just be content and you can just be present and you can be grateful to be around uh some people you care about and 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 your real practice come when that fucker sinks his cause into your hand and you don't <laughs> chuck it across the room <laughs> that's 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 the spiritual practice right there <laughs> there you go there you go Touche. And you know, this was my been there done that. Let me just well, tell you. <laughs> we talked about how much this we're connected to nature in this. And and I always I'm always reminded of this idea in this practice when I see nature growing in a place that it has no place growing in, right? Like no a tree growing. that is growing out the side of a building that has made its way through the brick to just mm-hmm. find light. And yeah. I'm like, yep, that's right. That's right. If you can do that, I can stay calm in, you know, the middle of this, or I can right. breathe through it, but we just keep trying to find light, you know? Yeah, it's good. And if anybody needs an Easter sermon, you're welcome to for that one. Anyway. <laughs> when was the last time you turned the other cheek and why, or what was the situation? Okay. I have to ask, cause I have. I have heard two interpretations of this section of scripture. And one is that the, what we have made Christian nice interpretation, which is turn the other cheek means to let it go. But Mm -hmm. I have also read an interpretation of this series of scriptures of go the extra mile, blah, 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 which is that this is um, an act of defiance. So if somebody slaps you across the face, you go do it again, right? Now, how about this side? Like, I feel uneven. It's, and like, go an extra mile. Like, here, carry yeah. this one mile. Okay, I'll yeah. carry it too. Because now it's not in the place you want it to be. Hit, right. hit me You're one more time. Let's see what really happens. <laughs> right. So I've I've heard it both ways. So I'm curious. Are you acting? Are you asking if, <laughs> when is the last time I was absolutely defiant in this way? Because <laughs> I would answer to both. And hey, when was the last well, time I forget? <laughs> Lay them on us, I think, uh, or go with which there's one. No, I was going to say, there's no wrong answers. Give us both. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a situation. I had a situation a couple of weeks ago where somebody who was clearly overstressed, right, um, just let let it loose on me. Ah. And I knew they were overstressed I knew what was going on but but I had to like you cannot talk to me this way right like you you know and basically said you know I I didn't I would never use this language with you know somebody necessarily but like you don't want to know what happens if you if you treat me this way again so get it together you know pull up your big pants and let's move on right and in the future, here's how we can address the situation. But I will not have this conversation ever again if you talk to me like that. I will stop it in its tracks and hang up. And so, then Maggie, Maggie slunk quietly away to her room. <laughs> oh no, she is impervious. She doesn't care. Like she's like, okay, mom, watch me, because she knows how I know. to do it. I, I know. Because she learned from the master. Oh God, that girl. Mm. She really will be like, hit me again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, we'll be here all day. I dare you. I double dare you. Um, 
But honestly, I would say that they're the same. They're the same situation. And then I had to let it go. Right. And then I mm-hmm. had to just, right. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get a real apology out of this. I'm not going to, whatever I said, what I needed to say. And so I'm going to just let it go. I'm going to um, not, well, let me put it this way. I'm going to do my own work internally to let it go, which is going to take a while, but I'm not going to hold you, you know, I held you accountable. I'm not going to hold it against you as we continue to work together. And that's, that's hard, but I, I think I'm doing it. Yeah, that is very hard. Cause it's going to take me a while. Cause it hurt me on multi, right. At, like I have wounds that were touched that didn't have anything to do with the situation, you know? And then once you decide to let it go, you start singing, we used to be best buddies, <laughs> but now we're not. But now we're not. What hmm. are we going to do? <laughs> what do you think, Ogan? I, you know, I'm, by the way, that's, I'm, do you want to build a snowman, not let it go, but okay. No, but the same, I understand, but the same. <laughs> uh, uh, I was thinking about this and I can't really come up with an answer, I think, because I think, and, and Shannon alluded to this, the the turning the other cheek is implying that originally I was offended, mm-hmm. right? I was hurt. I was wounded. Right. And, and, and for me, if there's a turning of the other cheek is, it's the same thing she described is to realize that this ain't about me and my thinking I got hurt was really some unresolved worker issue that got triggered in me. Mm-hmm. This really isn't about the other person at all. And therefore, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really not offended if anything else, you know, eventually quick, quicker now before it used to take months than weeks. Now, now mm-hmm. it takes minute, minutes even seconds now for me to get a place of, I am grateful that this experience happened because you just showed me something about myself that I thought I had healed and resolved. I clearly got some work to do around this. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Um, you know, that doesn't mean I'm okay with you being an asshole, but thank right. you. So well, sort of, sort of deal, but I can't, I can't, I can't think of any concrete. There's some autonomy that comes right with it. Right. Like right. I'm in control of myself. You know, you, yeah. you have your stuff. I have empathy for that. I'm also going to lay out my boundary and then I'm going to do my own work, but I have, I have autonomy over, you know, that boundary and holding yeah. you accountable and then being able to, you know, okay, this doesn't have to affect everything. And I, and I think we, uh, I think we mentioned this either last week or a couple of weeks ago, the, the idea of like, you know, like nothing surprises me anymore. Like I, and I don't know if it's because I've given up on humanity in a, in a like cynical kind of way. I feel like we're way. being dared to throw him a surprise party, Brian. What? I feel like there's like a dare <laughs> happening when what? he says that three times. Birthday is June 1st. But the, uh, the, the idea that people will do what people do. And most of the time when people do the craziest things that they do, like the most insane stuff, you know, like I know they're coming from that hurt wounded place. So if anything, there's just simple, there's just simply empathy now for them and a desire for com- compassion. Um, and again, lots of practice to get here. But I think as a result, it's, you know, and I think I think also, you know, years of being a, a, a pastor and counseling people and having to keep that poker face on when people tell you stuff that they tell you, um, you know, uh, but 
it's it's I just, I just don't get shocked by people any anymore in in that in that regard because I've realized that we are all we're like the walking wounded all of us we are the walking wounded like there's so much hurt and pain going on and such a desire to not have any more hurt and pain that we do the craziest shit and then if, if anything else there's there's kind of like the sadness that comes that comes with that as well so i'm not i'm not trying to paint myself as like some you know zen avatar that doesn't feel anything or doesn't affect it in any sort of way because because like i said somebody will always up the ante <laughs> to go to what Shanna was saying somebody will always roll out and, and up the ante a little bit um but but you're trying to lower the reactivity raise the bar of what might trigger you or send you into a place of exactly exactly and and even well, if like you know i watch the news be- or something happens and, and i see something and it starts to get to me yeah like you know it becomes I'm, a cycle of hurt like exactly and we're trying to break the cycle of trying hurt. to break the cycle exactly Which- like and that's the question i always ask myself more and more now as, as i'm doing a lot of anti-racism work where where is my part in maintaining the crap where's what have i done to maintain systems of oppression what have i done to maintain the hurt in the world what have i what am i doing and now can i do less harm how can i do less harm and how i can do less harm is by to shannon's point breaking that cycle and realize that people aren't trying to hurt me and if it seems like they're trying to hurt me is because they're in that much more pain and they see that I'm not and they want me to feel some pain they want me to feel the pain that they're feeling it's a cry for it's a help. cry for help that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. for help yeah and sometimes I can't help them and sometimes is that's not my job right my job is let me let me help you get the help or sometimes my job is just right. like yeah we just turn around and walk away uh from this from this scenario and i'm I'm there like eight or nine out of ten times now there's always the one time so now there's part of me that's like almost looking forward to that one out of the ten times to go like all right well now there's what what is that one thing that's going to get me to that place where i for i forget and i lose my shit because now we're talking the serious deep healing that that i gotta encounter and then the hope is that i remember it in that moment (laughs) and not pick back up that 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 cycle of hurt. And for me, you know, when we talk about forgiveness, which is part of the next question, when we talk about forgiveness, for me, that's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not letting somebody else's actions control my thoughts, my behaviors, my beliefs, and how I show up in the world. Because people will do things um, and I can I, I can either choose to react from how that thing wounded me or triggered one of my previous wounds. I can choose to react from that place for as long as I want to. And, and for me, forgiveness is is the is the end in that reactive cycle and, and reclaiming not control. Was it, what do you say? Uh, Shannon said autonomy early. My regaining my autonomy over and my agency over what just over what just happened and and therefore am removing the any sort of hostile connection antagonistic connection i have to this perpetrator or whatever for me that's that's forgiveness so they're no longer harming me and i'm no longer harming them by returning vitriol right right 
Yeah, good. And I think um, in terms of, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, where we get this expression from Jesus, I think you're right, Shannon, that, you know, there is a, a deeper context there to this is not just be a doormat or let someone beat you to a pulp and not stand up for yourself. It, it There is an active resistance that is rooted in nonviolence, but it also is exposing what the other person and sort of raising the ante on their level of aggression. Um, and I think you both have highlighted, you know, how we can not allow people to re-engage or, or. So that was, so what we're seeing is when Jesus said, turn the other cheek, what he was really saying was like, you know, fuck around and find out. <laughs> well, Something I, like I mean, I, I actually think this, this is where, you know, before we've had conversations about cancel culture and like, this is what we're talking about is holding someone responsible for their actions and being able to say that hurt, that hurt me, or that was inappropriate towards me. Even if it didn't hurt me, it still have may have been, it, maybe it didn't push any of my buttons, but it was still inappropriate. Yeah. And that, you know, and I had to actually, in this last situation, I had to kind of okay, if these, if these weren't my wounds that he happened to find, right, would this still have been inappropriate? And the answer was yes, right? That tone was inappropriate, no matter what was said, right? right, right. And the, the, the mantle that was taken on that, like, I'm telling you this for your own good, like, that was inappropriate. Like, we're, you're not a superior, like, right, we're, we're equals. So this isn't a hard truth that it's your responsibility to tell me, like, Again, those were all wounds of mine, but I had to do that work to say, no, I I still think that language and that, you know, especially a male to female, um, no doubt, you know, uh, colleagues, that's that's inappropriate language, right? Yep. Like, so it I had to do that work and then to be able to say, I know that you're really stressed and you know, you can't use that tone with me. This is inappropriate phrasing, like you know, I, I really need you to be aware of these dynamics that are at play yeah. and here's how in the future we can handle that. So it was very, it's, it's holding that person accountable for what they did without sucking them into my wound and saying like, you've hurt me and we need to sit down. And again, if that's where some people are and that's fine. And sometimes it really did hurt. Like, and I'm not saying I'm some superior person, but like you were saying, it's so easy to then go, well, now I can't trust you at all. Right. Right. Rather than saying, okay, it may take me some time to get some space from this, but you know, I'm, we're still going to work together. Like that never happened. And then I'm going to eventually work. This will work out of my system. And, and that's a, okay. and that's a health. So our next question is share a story where you've seen someone offer forgiveness where it didn't seem warranted or appropriate. And so your response is a, it's not just a, Oh, that's okay. I forgive you. You are holding your ground while also give, you know, being forgiving in a way, but not in a do it again. And because I don't care, I'm going to tolerate that. And I think that's a healthy boundary place to come from where you've not written them off for the rest of their life, but you're also clear that if we are going to have a working relationship, this needs to be how we operate, not this. Yeah. And I will also say this was an interesting dynamic and Derek named it as something that he's seen a lot of men doing to other men, mm. which is kind of where they explode. And then later they're like, Hey man, we're all good. 
And that's the text that I got that I was like, no, we're not like, you don't get to decide that I'm all good. Right. Right. And, and so I think that's part of this is that there can be this, Hey, we're fine. We're good. Everything's forgiven. Yeah. And that doesn't actually bring advancement and healing and, you know, conversation about what happened. Right. Correct. Correct. And, and, and why men do that is be in order to avoid that conversation. Cause we, yeah. we, we men don't like to be in our fields long, <laughs> long live the patriarchy. We don't like to well, be in the fields and, have and let's go a step farther. It may be even shameful that mm-hmm. you reacted out of those fields, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The response that you're having of, Hey man, we're all good. Right. Like, is like, I cannot believe you know, I'm, I feel so ashamed that I responded out of feelings. How, like, that's ridiculous. How dare I, you know, I just got done reading, uh, uh, well-known, uh, black feminist bell hooks. Uh, the book is called the will to change, um, men, masculinity and love, um, that like, and all you men listen to women too, but especially you men listening. If you've not read this book, please do. It will, it will rock your goddamn world. Um, but one of the things she talks about is th- how the patriarchy, the, 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 one of the biggest harms of patriarchy does to men is it teaches us to separate ourselves from our feelings, compartmentalize ourselves away from our feelings. And eventually we, we stop talking about our feelings. We stop learning to feel our feelings. We, we don't honor ourselves as feeling beings anymore Mm. and that and as a result we we just go through the world doing harm um and if you think you're hiding it by the way you're not we're not no like (laughs) you are the you are the most emotional species and that is because you don't let it out right like exactly so but it um, still comes out you know it it still comes out and (laughs) and and when it comes out, we don't know what it is. Like, we can't, we can't name it. We can't, like, we don't recognize it. And and I know for, a, for me, a lot of times though, when someone is like, well, how do you feel about this? Is like, I don't know. It needs, it's going to take me a while to actually figure out how I feel about this because I am so practiced at not learning how to feel about a thing. I've only started learning how to feel about things for like the past three to four years out of the last 48 years of my life. It's still, it's still a novelty for well, me. It's still it new. becomes the, the Hulk problem, right? Like exactly. It's I'm always angry. Like exactly. It gets turned into anger. It gets turns into frustration, you know, and then it's like, but I'm always that. And then I just live in that because that's a safe emotion, you know, rather than, whatever and else not just safe emotion accepted emotion because yes. patriarchy says this is how men are supposed to be thank you that's yeah yep right and yeah ogan's got his green shirt on so it's fitting it's interesting but brian it's, how do you use i'm curious like if you don't mind i gotta say it's have... a ram it's a ram das ram das shirt we're all <laughs> nice. spirituality. we're all just walking each other home <laughs> that's the opposite of the hulk Exactly. Because you're because now not that this is Brian therapy and like we can wrap up, but like you're not a you're I don't see you like exploding in anger. What is like what's the emotional side of you that like how does oh, that he shuts matter? down? He shuts down. I Brian and I are kindred brothers in this way. We shut down. But that no, see well, that to me is like how does the emotion come out? Because it doesn't come out in shutting down. 
I mean, I can withdraw at times for sure. Um, but I, I have my anger issues. Uh, you know, I experienced that somewhat growing up and, and can do, I mean, I feel like I've worked on myself a lot to get a lot better at processing things and not getting to that point of, you know, tipping point And then, you know, something totally irrelevant sends me off. But when I'm not being healthy, I think anger could be a default for sure. Yeah. But I'm also ever- a public, you know, spiritual person. So like, I'm very good at keeping that to those closest to mm-hmm. me, not in the public eye. And that's also very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like the 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 quietest stoic, quote unquote, men. Like, I'm always curious about what the people closest to them would say, because you know, mm-hmm. Derek was always like, "I'm not an emo, like I'm a thinker," and he is. He's an Enneagram Five. He's a, like he's a thinker. He's a whatever. He's the most emotional person I've ever met, right? <laughs> because it just oozes out of him, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he doesn't always know what's going on, but. I am emotion first. I'm an Enneagram too. I am like, I know exactly what's going on. So it's, it's an interesting dance. I, I would be curious about what like Christy would say. Your, you yeah. Know. You'd have to check in with her to get the real anyway, scoop. So, <laughs> and all, and, I, and so for like, the point of that is um, I think it's really important to talk to one another about like, what do you see in me? Yeah. When I, cause like I can get angry on a dime. I can get angry at anything. And Derek knows there's, it really won't go any further. Right. But when mm-hmm. I get hurt now, like we're like, that's when we're in a, but anger for me is, man, I get angry at everything. Right. Like I'm just, <laughs> I mean, and I don't mean like, oh, I'm angry all the time, but like, you know, something yeah. doesn't go right. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I get, you know, I have my range of emotion is quite large. <laughs> there we go. And 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 part of um, part of what that advice is doing is reinterpreting anger, right? Because because yeah. we still have anger labeled as a bad thing, right? And 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 no it, doubt it is it is not. It's how I express myself. There you go. <laughs> well, friends. Thank you for tuning in to Pop Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PT Live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Our top cities this week are Seattle, Washington, where my friend Barnabas now lives with his cat. They do not have a dog. And um, Ludgington, is that right? Ludgington? Ludington. Ludington, um, Michigan, and Traverse City, Michigan. So somebody was driving. We have one listener that drives between two locations. Listen, those are both towns up north. I was up north this weekend. Maybe someone just felt inspired. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, (laughs) You can watch video of these conversations for whatever reason that you would want to on Facebook Live. And if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your time, town, not your time, but your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. <laughs>